Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. They took it away. Now, Ed, we just did a segment that was so great that Jared sitting in the studio, instead of listening to us, retweeted a tweet that says, seriously, a monkey could bartend. This is the Press Box. The last two days on our opening segments, there's two segments we have for the best of. Now, you're probably going to have to play them on a loop because there's not a lot of best of on the show. But we got to pay attention during these times. With Grady and Bischoff. Coming up next, we find out if monkeys can bartend. On ESPN Las Vegas. You know what this show is? Winners win. The winners do. The no. winners win. The winners win show. Not Tell a losers that. win. No. Losers wins. We're both going to be tight with the water down the stretch. That'll be at 945. <laughs> Might as well start it now, though. Jesus. <laughs> the first bite. No one is going to understand <laughs> no, what you just did. Half of what we said. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the Golden Knights own Colorado? World is not ending, right? So, well, so, okay. world is not ending. This Come makes on. zero sense. And like Colorado hasn't played well this year, but eh, whatever. We're five or six games in. But the Golden Knights in the postseason, since going to the Stanley Cup final, the Golden Knights have lost to a team that's probably worse than them every single year in the Stanley Cup final. Technically, San Jose had home ice advantage in the first round of year two, but Golden Knights were sort of viewed as a better team. But they lose to teams like Montreal and Dallas the last two years. But for some reason, the best team they've... Yeah. Maybe the best team they've ever played in a postseason series was that Colorado team last year. And they beat them in six games. They beat them four straight times after falling down 0-2. And now, Golden Knights have like seven healthy players. They're on a four-game losing streak. And for whatever reason, they go into Colorado and win. Like the Colorado is like the slump buster. It's the get right game for the Golden Knights. And it makes no sense. <laughs> okay. So you've always said hockey's dumb. So let me ask you this because in certain sports, in say tournament, well, it's about matchups. You know, the lower seed can win. It's about matchups. Uh, pitcher, you know, pitcher batter. Well, we're going to bring him in because it's about matchups. Where do you put, and the Golden Knights have a lot of people hurt, where do you put in hockey comparative to other sports the importance of matchups? Or is it more, hey, you get a hot goalie, the matchups really don't matter anyway because he's just going to carry the water and get you the win. Well, so here's what's interesting. Like, the whole idea of matchups makes sense when you're talking about the same players actually playing in the game. All the time. Because when the Golden Knights beat the Avalanche in the postseason, one of the big keys in that entire series was the Golden Knights put the Mark Stone line out there as much as possible against Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. And they slowed Nathan McKinnon down probably better than anyone has over a four, oh boy. six game stretch, even, right? Five, I guess what? Five game stretch. He had a good game one. Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty didn't play last right. night. And I think this is an area where Jared Bednar screwed up for Colorado. He let, despite being the home team and having last change, he let Jonathan Marcheseau, William Carlson, and Riley Smith be the primary line that played against Nathan McKinnon last night. Like, he had last change. He could have gotten them away from the Golden Knights' only competent line and played them against literally any of these other just patched-together lines, but he didn't. I mean, of all the lines last night, Nathan McKinnon, he played over nine minutes against Smith, Carlson, and Marcheseau. The rest of the forwards, he didn't play more than three minutes and 16 seconds against another forward on the team last night. That's poor coaching by Jared Bednar. But also, do we really view the Carlson line as a shutdown line against David no. McKinnon? Like, no. 
It's not. Now, granted. That's why they didn't play against in the playoffs last year. Right. Now, McKinnon's line had success as far as, you know, they, they were pretty dominant as far as, like, core scene expected goal score, but they didn't they didn't score against the Carlson line last night. So, I think, A, Bednar kind of messed up a little bit there in terms of the matchups, and maybe it's the regular season and it's not something you're hyper-focused on because whatever, it's a long season, it'll play itself out. But... I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't understand why when they play Colorado, all of a sudden everything's fine. Like it, it doesn't matter anymore. Like they almost lost to the Minnesota Wild in seven games in the first round last year. And then they play Colorado. Yeah, we'll beat them four in a row after going down 0-2. No problem. Well, we were making a little fun, but I'll tell you one thing. You know, I think the main reason they won last night was Robin Leonard. So this is I thought he was terrific. This is what's interesting. The Golden Knights have a ton of injuries. There's no real sign of that changing anytime no. soon. I mean, Patch Reddy's supposedly out for, what is it, another five weeks from now. Stone, we don't really have an update, but maybe he's suddenly skating tomorrow. I don't know, but they're not going to suddenly be healthy Tuck's anytime be soon. Long yeah. Time. So, last night, Colorado's expected goals was 2.3. Leonard allowed one. Right. He had a 9.62 save percentage. Last game against the Islanders, uh, the Islanders' expected goals was 3.34. Leonard allowed two. So over the last two games alone, Leonard has saved 2.6 goals above average. If you have a goalie that's saving more than a goal above Mm -hmm. average per game, first off, they're not going to do that the entire season. Otherwise, they'd be the greatest goalie in the history of the sport. But if Robin Leonard can do something close to that for the next... Close to one. Yeah, next 10 to 15 games while they try to get healthy before and get everybody back then he can be the reason they steal some games. He can be the reason they sort of stay afloat. And even if he doesn't do it every game, even if he does it, you know, three out of the four, two out of the four games he plays, like that's, I think that's going to go a long way into how good the Golden Knights are for the next 15 games or so is can Robin Leonard steal some of these games? Can he be the best player on the ice? Can it be like when they play Montreal or when they play Vancouver or Dallas where, oh, we ran into a hot goalie. Robin Leonard needs to be the hot goalie for the Golden Knights. I still say you sit him tonight. Yes, you should play Brossois. Give a game on Friday night. You should, yes. you should play Brossois tonight. Um, do you think he does? Yes, it's early, man. It's early in the season, and he he and they play Friday, which is three and four days. Pete's kind of been a guy though who stays with guys, hasn't he? He's he's kind of been. A, well, I mean, I wouldn't do it. I, it's I, also I, early. Maybe he doesn't need the rest. Okay, and that might be what he says, but it's also early. <laughs> And I think you have to get this guy some games at some point. Yeah, he he didn't play. Granted, he had Flurry and well, Leonard had, last yeah, year, I mean, yeah. so he didn't do back to back last Two year. But again, Lauren Lauren Brossois, not that he's Mark Andre Flurry last year, right? But they paid the guy over two million dollars. He's played NHL games, yeah. like he's got a decent track record here. Don't sign that guy if you're not going to play him on right. a back-to-back. Right. You just play whoever the hell Logan Thompson. That like that save the money and but just what call if up Logan, Logan Thompson. Thompson's too good. Well, he okay. might be. But just like there's no if if they are not going to play Brossois on the second game of a back-to-back, there was zero. Then what point was the reason given in that money? Zero points. So I, I mean, think famously you, they give goalies money for do. no reason. True. So I think you got to play Brossois tonight. But I do think it's interesting to see if he actually does because. They have struggled, and the last two games, Robin Leonard has been very, very good. So I don't think anyone's. I might be wrong. I don't know if anyone's there media wise. So no, no one traveled. No, so I don't know how <laughs> anyone's going to know who's la, who's who's first off ice 
Although yesterday, I think someone found out it was Leonard. I think I saw tweets that Leonard was the first time I saw something. It's pretty good. You're not even there. So, okay. Tell me if this is if this is wrong or not. Last night, the Golden Knights Twitter account right. did not tweet out the lines until like two minutes before the game started. Like the starting lines. Nobody had any idea because nobody was nobody traveled. No media nobody, traveled. No, no so media nobody traveled. was at morning skate to see, hey, here's right. what the, lines, the lines, are. lines are. And nobody was there to see the lines during the pregame uh, warm-up. Normally, if there's a media member there, they'll oh, see the, the lines, lines and they'll yeah. tweet them out. And the Golden Knights account will tweet them out as well. But no Golden Knight account, no, the Golden Knights official account did not tweet yeah. out the lines. And the way the way that like the media here that tweeted out the lines got them, Colorado Avalanche PR sent it to ah. them. Like the Golden Knights are like hiding their own lines five minutes before a game starts. I don't know if that's going to happen every night because the Colorado Avalanche PR is really good. They send you everything. <laughs> I And it was, I think it was because of our emails in the playoffs last year. Like two days ago, I started getting Colorado Avalanche emails about the game last night. I'm like, man, you, you guys are early on this stuff. So maybe I don't, I mean, they are you trying to hide something? It's I like, don't know. What, what would the point what, of that be? I don't know. It's pointless, the, but that's what they're doing. I mean, if the Colorado Avalanche are tweeting it out or, or sending it out, my guess is Bednar knows what the lines are. <laughs> I don't think they're keeping it from their coach. Hey, Jerry, we can't tell you, but watch our Twitter account when you're back in the room there, and maybe we'll tell you what the lines are. All right. Is Nick Wall the new Ryan Reeves? I'll give Nick Wall a lot of credit for coming in there after Colasar got, got leveled. I, I gave him a lot of credit for just throwing the gloves and going. I don't know if he's the new Ryan Reeves. I don't know if it's going to take – like, I think Ryan Reeves got into it for a lot less last year just to get into things. But last night, when he got decked like that, you needed someone to come in there, and it was Nick Waugh. So good for Nick Waugh. But I don't know if he's a Reeves because sometimes Reeves just, oh, you know um, – Someone, you know, uh, who was it was in the house? Um, you know, one of the uh, boxers were in the house, and he t- he says to the guy, hey, he's in the house, let's go. Like, he did things just to go. Fury was in the house. That's right. I, I think he did the uh, the siren. And I forget who was the Islanders. He's like, go, let's go. I don't know if Nick was that guy to where he's just going to start fighting people. But I will say last night, someone needed to step in after his guy got leveled. Someone no, needed didn't. to say do something. No, they didn't. Yes. Yes, no. they did. He needed that to was, go after him. That is the perfect example of why you don't do it. Why? Because the Golden Knights, instead of having a five-minute power play, had to play four-on-four well, for two minutes, and they gave up a goal. It's early. you got to stand up for your guy. It's early in the season. No, you got to stand you don't. up. Yes. You don't have to stand up you for You just him. let your guy lie there? No, there's a penalty called on Colorado, nah, you got, and that you gotta, guy gets you gotta kicked out. We're going to get you some free throws, buddy. That's the whole point. Uh, you know, I think you got to no, try to deck the guy. I it, think you got to go it, in there. Nick Waugh made the Golden Knights' chances of winning last night. Significantly I don't less. know if in the second when he sees his guys goes down, he's thinking that way. Well, I don't that's know the problem. Instant. They no. need to be thinking that way. I is that, hey, if I go jump this guy and try to fight him, I'm getting kicked out and my team's going to get penalized I think for he it. gets a lot of respect by his teammates for that. I'm sure they do because they're did. also idiots because no, of hockey culture. <laughs> yes. No. It's one of the dumbest things in the sport. Him. The idea you that go you've got to fight somebody. Yes. He made his team's chances to win oh. worse. Because instead of having a five-minute power play, they had to play four-on-four for two minutes. The only time in the game, well, the final six minutes, but the only time in the game that Colorado was like, oh, they have a chance, was right after Nick Waugh did that. Right after Nick Waugh stood up for his teammate and got kicked out for instigating There's a fight. There's the key word. Stood up for his teammate. Oh, Colasar's fine. His, fine, he's lying to the ice. Who knows what's wrong with that poor kid? He, he came back in leveled. the game. He actually scored. Did he score? 
Well, is it the no, end they took the, the empty end? netter away from him and credit it to Evgeny Dadnov. Because uh, the Golden Knights, bad. they got a 2 on 0 break. I Kolasar finally found the net. They got a 2 on 0 break with Kolasar and uh, Dodonov. They kept going back and forth, like, like who and, wants it? Who and wants they it? passed it back and forth, and then Kolasar finally shot it. Right. But Dodonov was, like, in the crease. And he touched it? I guess he touched it. Because initially they gave it to Kolasar, yeah. but they went back and changed it. I was happy it. for Kolasar. I'm like, hey, I mean, it's an empty <laughs> net. That's maybe how you get in the net. But he finally he finally scored. I'm like, hey, good for him. Nope. He only gets an assist now because no. Dodonov touched it on the way in. I want Nick Waugh decking him. <sighs> now, now, in fights of hockey, no one ever decks anyone. They just kind of throw punches and... Uh, yeah, exactly. Jared Nick Law didn't it. even win the fight. He didn't. No, and, <laughs> he didn't. And he didn't. And he did not. Which that's the bad part because he came in and the gloves went off. I mean, he was ready to go and he doesn't even win the fight. Right. So what I message like did he say? What he needs to do is he needs to he needs to adopt uh, the March so fighting style of don't let the opponent get his gloves off. <laughs> Just start hitting <laughs> start him. Hitting people Would with have your been better. Uh, no. Don't do it, Nick Wall. If you're going to do Take it, you've got to at least win the fight. Like, oh, I'll give you. I mean, otherwise, I, I'm okay with him doing it, but if you're going to do it and you come in fast like that, you should probably get the first punch in and win the fight. Right? Otherwise, Jack Johnson laid out Keegan Colasar and then beat up his friend <laughs> that tried to come mess with him. Like, Jack Johnson definitely won that round I, there. I, I have stories about, like, similar to that in high school of where, hey, he beat up my friend, and then me too. <laughs> Jared wasn't playing hockey. Coming up next, nobody cares about the World Series, right? Ball is gone! one nothing Braves, and Jorge feels like busting loose. And that's how you start a World Series. Jorge awaits. Pitch on the way. Ground ball. Runners on the move. That's taken by Correa. Goes to Bregman at third. They got Peterson in a rundown. The tag is applied. So they're safe at first base. A run scores, and it's 3-0 Atlanta. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. What a dumb game. <laughs> Jorge Soler. Baseball's stupid. Yeah, Major League Baseball history. First guy in his first World Series game to hit a home run. So annoying. Great. But well, Braves so also great. became the first team to have two guys acquired in season hit a home run in the same World Series game. Yeah. Because I, 60% of their runs batted into the postseason, they acquired at the trade deadline. I'm not one of those people who I was at... Uh, someone's house last night and it was the point was to watch VGK but you know they were going back and forth between the game and there was a Dodger fan there believe it or not who's more of a Dodger fan than I am and that person was just reading rooting so hard for the Braves and they look at me I'm like yeah I don't care like it was like well if they beat us gotta have them win it I'm like what does that have to do with anything you can say you lost to the champions yeah I, yeah, I, don't, I don't like saying anything like that I don't want to <laughs> say that I don't care about saying that but this person was just like screaming every time they turned to the VGK like get it back they're winning five to one I'm like who cares all right just let me let me get this out just a little bit of sore loser here dumb game um first off there were 18 balls in that game last night they were hit with an exit velocity of 100 miles an hour or faster Astros had 10 of them the Braves had eight um but Atlanta had eight hits in that game that left the bat at under 100 miles an hour. Mm. They had five infield singles. Five, sing and they went first to third on an infield single because the pitcher fell down. Five infield singles in a game, which is absurd. Stupid game. Um, like they had, they had a hit, the second lowest exit velocity of the game, 37 miles an hour was a hit. 
stupid that's game. That's pretty amazing. It's stupid game. That's pretty, yeah. How far did it go? It it was the Astros I mean, had a shift on, and it was a check swing that rolled past the pitcher, past the pitcher, and they but had the far on. enough away where yeah. the first baseman couldn't get couldn't it, get and it right. Altuve right. standing in right field, right? And it just yeah, it's stupid. It's just stupid. So. <laughs> That was annoying. The Astros hit two balls in the eighth inning that would have been home runs in 24 or more parks in Major League Baseball, and both would have been gone in Atlanta. Neither one resulted in a home run. One was a triple, and the other one, Yuli Gurriel, got thrown out at second. I think this should all that you're saying give you confidence that it you're going to go on and win the World Series. It does, yes. Like, there was nothing. I mean, the Astros' starter was not good, and the offense, they struck out 10 times, which is pretty uncharacteristic of the Astros. So they, it's not like the Astros played well last night, but... They didn't really get beat down last night. They they gave up a couple home runs, and that was kind of the game. And they couldn't. They had the bases loaded in the first, couldn't score. They had two other innings where they had first and third, so couldn't score. In scoring position, not, not yeah. Good. They they had one hit last night with a runner in scoring position, and it didn't even score a run because oh. it was hit too hard to the outfield. That's not good. So yeah, it, yeah. I don't. Walk but at least a, you got Charlie Morton after the rest of the series. Geez, poor, I feel bad for Charlie. Morton. I do too. I don't want the guy to break so, his leg. Okay. <laughs> Yuli Gurriel hits the line drive up the middle, hits Charlie Morton right above his ankle. And there was like, my well, my first thought was mad because it kicked right to Freddie Freeman and he stepped on first base. What a bunch of crap that was. But my second, but they didn't like even show like Charlie Morton wincing in pain or even like looking at the, there was nothing. It just hit him and they got the out and they moved on to the next hitter. And, and he continued pitching. Right. And he got struck out the next batter, got the next guy to fly out or something, then came back out to start the next inning, strikes out Jose Altuve, and then is like calls for the dugout, and he's like, I'm done. And he fractured his fibula. <laughs> he had a broken leg. And it's just like, for 30 minutes, it adrenaline? was just like, no, I guess. It had to be adrenaline. It, it was just like, no problem. Yeah. My leg, oh, that hurts a little, but I'll be fine. The dude broke his leg. And that's the other thing. Like, we see pitchers, you know, they get hit, not all the time, but pitchers get hit with stuff. It broke his leg? Like, it, it, this wasn't like 110 well, miles an hour off the bat. Like, no, but if it bounced all the way to Freeman, then it came up pretty <laughs> I hard. I guess. It hit a bone. It yeah, didn't, it didn't hit uh, man. the flesh or the that was That was probably like projecting out for the rest of the series, the only good thing that happened because the Braves actually had to use their bullpen. Like, they used their high-leverage arms in that game. You guys good. are both looking yeah. at me like, I, I, I love Charlie Morton. Yeah, it's not good that he got hurt. I don't want Charlie Morton to get hurt. But as far as, like, projecting the rest of the series, <laughs> both teams had to use their bullpens yesterday. Otherwise, Charlie Morton would have thrown, like, seven innings. <laughs> they would have used one guy. It would have been some low-leverage guy. Instead, they brought in, like, I think three of their high-leverage guys yesterday. So that was okay. All right, so Tyler, oh, what's uh, what's this team to break more uh, yes, tibulas? That's the key. Or fibulas. Break a, sorry. break a few more legs. I mean, if the Astros break every starting pitcher's fibula, I think we've got a chance. You got a shot. Yeah. You got a shot to win in six. Yeah. So, all right, I will say, I'll give you an update here. So I am planning to go to game six and seven if they happen, but I haven't bought tickets yet because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much these are going to cost. Last night, five minutes before first pitch, Hundred and eighty dollars to get in the door. Is that is it, were those those standing room things? Oh uh, yeah, those room? are the cheapest ones. Um, just for reference, forty eight hours before first pitch, the cheapest ticket to get in was five hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, what about after they lost the first game? Did it go down? So game two right now is three hundred eighteen dollars is the cheapest ticket to get in. Forty eight hours. Well, now what are we looking at? Fifty six something hours ago, it was five fifty to get in there. 
So, so, so if they go down 2-0, so you're jumping Tyler's, over. Yeah, Tyler's hoping that they, 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 get, yeah. they dig a hole. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I will gladly pay more just because they're winning. But basically, the I more than likely, I'm going to fly to Houston without tickets. Without your ticket, and you get it about 40 minutes before the game. Well, okay, I'm probably going to buy it much earlier because... I want to be in the building for more than, you know, five minutes before first okay. pitch. So, like, yesterday at 9 a.m., the cheapest ticket was, like, 385 Okay. So, that, to me, is I'm fine with that. So You are? Yeah, absolutely. And if, for Game 7 if, as well? Oh, yeah. If game if I, if well, I if see it's Game it, 7, won't it skyrocket? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I might have to buy Game 7 before I go. I might do it backwards and buy 7 before I even leave here. But if at any point the tickets go below 400 bucks for Game 6 or 7, I'll buy them. Well, I hope below four. I hope below, right before below four hundred, it's not standing room only. Now, yeah, I hope you get a yeah, seat. Yeah, at least. I will. I plan to buy a seat. So, yeah. But that's, how about the weather update? You said this. They, they're in a tornado watch or warning. One of the two, maybe both. Um, yeah. Do they play baseball if there's a tornado happening? They got a roof. Yeah, they they can close it up. Ah. But like, if the city, I don't know. You want the tornado coming right through there? That that wouldn't be good. I don't think that would be good. Even if the roof is closed. Yeah. So, like, it's in place until 4 p.m. Central Time in Texas in the Houston area. So, you know, the game starts at 7 o'clock. But, yeah, you'll be fine. I assume they'll be fine because it's not like tornado watch and tornado warning. I can't remember which one's which. One of them means there's the the elements are in place for a tornado. And the other one means there's a tornado. You better get fine shelter. But it doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a tornado ripping through downtown Houston when they try to play this game. But we'll see. I mean, I assume you can't play during a tornado. Hell, the Chargers can't play a football game if there's rain outside. I know. So. <laughs> Uh-oh, lightning, 30 minutes. Uh-oh, lightning, 30 minutes. Like, uh, we're on deadline here. Uh, it's not a day game. It's a night game. Isn't there a roof here? What's the point yeah. of this? What's going on here? Yeah, it's stupid Braves. I swear to God, if the Braves win the World Series, I'm going to be so mad. Really? I. I'd like your team to win for you, but I just, again, like the person last night won the Braves, like, I, I don't care about that. I'll be mad because it'll mean the Astros will have lost three straight times in the postseason to teams I am 100% convinced they're better than. The Nationals, they're the Golden Knights. Yeah, the Nationals in the 2019 World Series, the Rays last year in the ALCS, and now the Braves. Astros are better than all three of those teams. and In the moment. They're, they're better than all. At, at any moment, at any point in time, they're better than all three of those teams, except those stupid seven-game series. Nightmare. Lose to the 88-win Braves. Had the Dodgers made it and beaten them, would you have been okay because you would have thought they were a better team? I would have been more accepting of losing to the Dodgers because they're better. I would have been devastated because, God, that would have been a great series. And losing to the Dodgers... would have been a wonderful series. Yeah, losing to the Dodgers would have been not fun. But but at least it would have been, yeah, that team's pretty good at this sport. Unlike the damn Braves. (laughs) Jorge Soler. (laughs) Jesus. Got to be worried about Adam Duvall taking one to left. Who the hell are these people? All right, coming up next, Mike Tomlin's a lot of fun. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. There's certainly a public perception that in an attempt to shield the women who spoke to investigators that in the process the league has shielded an owner from full responsibility for what happened in his organization. What is your level of concern that that is the public perception of the NFL and what's the level of concern among owners? Well, I think if uh, the public understands what we did release, 
uh, including uh, the documents and uh, the recommendations that Beth made. All 10 of her recommendations were implemented. That was released. Uh, we summarized all of the findings that were very open about the things that were happening in that organization that we do not think meet NFL standards and should not be part of a workplace uh, in the NFL. So uh, I think we've been very open about that. Uh, I understand the media would like more transparency. I understand they would like more emails. But I think uh, from my standpoint, uh, we've been very firm about the importance of making sure that we got all the information. We made it clear that there was not a workforce here in a workplace that we feel, not, excuse me, not a workforce, but a workplace environment that we feel is appropriate. Uh, so I think we achieved that. And I believe that the changes that are being made to that organization are consistent with Beth's thought were necessary to make sure we did do that. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Roger Goodell spoke yesterday about the Washington football team investigation. Did you see where he said part of the reason that they're not making the report public is because people asked to be anonymous, like the, yeah, the they victims wanted, yep, or whatever? Anonymity, yep. And all of the people that like are representing the victims came out and said, that's not how this works. Right. You just redact their names. Yes. Like you don't you don't hide the entire report right. because somebody wants to no, be you anonymous. Take your black marker. <laughs> I've seen these reports, and you put it through the name, and you don't know who's saying it. And Roger does like, yes. Well, we couldn't make it public because they yeah. wanted to be anonymous. It's like, yeah, we got it. Just don't yeah. use their names. I have no clue with redacting them if they chose only to speak because they're anonymous. I mean, if that's their choice, I'm not speaking unless I'm anonymous, but you need to know what they have to say. I have no problem with that, but then you just redact them. Right. I mean, it's just... It's, it's, he it's he talked a lot excuse. right there. And he didn't say much. No, not at all. And that was a long quote for not they, saying anything at all. They literally asked him, you seem to be protecting the person, the offender. And he went, well, we're doing what the lady told us to do. Yes. Basically. Yeah, basically. And everybody, and basically everybody can say, well, what the lady tell you to do? Because you didn't take a written report right. from her. You just took an oral report and then told us what she said. Well, she gave us 10 things. Well, how, you memorized 10 things? <laughs> Roger. Release the emails where someone calls you a blankety blank. Release those emails. <laughs> so yeah, how but, how did no one go? It's the reason you're not releasing these is because someone calls calls you some names. Yeah, I'd love to. That's the, I think a lot of people are wondering what other emails there were. I, he's with that many. What is it? Six hundred fifty thousand. Whatever it was. There's no way that was the only emails. No chance. All right. Do we want to play some fun audio? Yes. Yeah. So uh, Carson Palmer, do you, I don't know if you guys remember, he was on a show. I don't remember which show. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick show. Thank you. Carson Palmer was on a Dan Patrick show and said that he had been talked to about the job, the USC job, but also that Mike Tomlin was a candidate. So yesterday, Mike Tomlin had a press conference and he got asked about that. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? He Actually, then yes. 
Got it. Like he he got up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yes. Anytime the BYU job is open, Andy Reid's asked about it because he went there. I do believe Sean Payton has been linked to college jobs. Um, never say never, but never. So we're cheering for Mike Tomlin to take the USC job, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm not gonna. I tell you what, I'm not gonna. Um, I. I I'm not going to take a shot at the guy, the person who asked the question. You have to ask it. You cover the team. No, and if it's what? out there that he's he's on a list, you have to ask him, you're on a list. What do you think? And, you know, he can respond how he wants. It was a great answer. But, you know, you know, if you asked Andy Reid, have you asked Sean Payton? I don't cover Andy Reid or Sean Payton. I cover you. So if your name's on a list, I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to ask, hey, Andy Reid, you think Tomlin's getting the USC job? Like, if... It's yeah, it's like, like if Carson Palmer, I don't know how much okay. stock we should put into Carson Palmer. But if Carson Palmer, former NFL player, says, yeah, I've been talked to about the USC job, they're also talking to Mike Tomlin. Uh, yeah. Carson of course Palmer, somebody's a USC ask Mike guy Tom- who yeah. knows people at USC. Of okay. course you're going to ask Mike Tomlin. How awkward, though, had it to, like, had Car- like Carson Palmer had to feel super awkward. Like, well, no, like, I, my friend said that he texted him. So, like, I just, like, I just put his name out there. He seems really mad. Yes. It wasn't me. I I got to be honest. I didn't know Carson Palmer. Well, I mean, maybe in his post career he wants to be a coach, but I don't know if I'm giving him the USC job to start. Maybe he could be like a quarterbacks coach for somebody. <laughs> but I mean, if he's linked to the head coaching job, they need to get on that list and get a little more experience. Oh, Mike Tomlin. It was never a good answer. Say never. But like, if, did anyone ask Andy Reid? Yes, Andy Reid has been asked about college jobs, and he's had anytime BYU's open, he's had to answer that because they just assume one day he'll go back to his school. And and coach BYU and I'm sure I know for a fact I can't remember the jobs I know Sean Payton's been linked to college all these guys are usually these the hot young he's not I don't know how young Payton is anymore but these young coaches they're all like linked to jobs I didn't mind I didn't mind Tomlin's answer I just you know I mean when he says never say never and by the way I'll I'll, I'll let Tomlin in on a little secret. A lot of big time boosters at uh, USC. They're, yeah, they're, so I, there's I, some checks out there if they want to write it that they can write it. There isn't a big enough blank check. No, no, there is. Oh yes, there is. And by yes. the way, you will no longer have to live in friggin' Pittsburgh. Yeah, don't don't like if we took like the ten highest paid college football coaches, they make more than the ten highest paid sure. NFL coach, sure. right? Like, oh, Gruden was making ten million, and Belichick probably makes close to ten million. Yeah, but you but, get down to the ninth, the eighth, ninth, tenth guys. They're not making what Saban makes, right? So no. there probably is a big enough blank check. Also, is Mike Tomlin? He's been with the Steelers for a long time. He did win a Super Bowl. It was in 2008. Is he a coach that is like above reproach? Is he, is he good enough yeah. that it's like, oh, I you cannot possibly ask me that question? He is so... He won a Super Bowl. I get it. And Steeler fans are really, really loyal to the team. I get that too. But I've wondered the same thing the last years. I'm like, man, that guy's really safe. There have been other guys who won Super Bowls years prior who don't seem that safe or who eventually got fired. But man, in that town and good for him, I have nothing against Mike Tomlin. Don't cover him. Don't know anything about him. Uh, But he does seem overly safe for someone, at least recently who doesn't seem to have, you know, won at all or, or, or come close. They haven't won a playoff game since 2016. Yeah. Okay. But what I will say is his defense is always good. Despite the fact that their offense, uh, also their offense, their wide receivers, and their like, their their like 
special, like their specialty positions are always incredible. Literally, if in 2016 they had a better quarterback, every year I think they would have made the playoffs and possibly gone deep. It's genuinely that Steelers fans won't accept that Ben Roethlisberger's no. been done for the better part of a decade. Then Tomlin's got to get rid of him. We were there for a game, obviously. I mean, several. You're weeks right ago for the Raiders. Um, and you're right. I mean, I know. I actually flew to Pittsburgh. Uh, it happened to me on the, my same plane. A really good friend of mine, and he went with his wife, and he's been a Steeler fan his whole life. Grew up in Pittsburgh, and the way they talk about Roethlisberger to this day is fascinating to me. Like Jared said, in terms of the love for Ben Roethlisberger, even now today, when you know he's not even near what he once was, he came out of that tunnel in that game, and it was like. The, one of the loudest cheers I've ever felt or heard, and I was thinking the same thing you're saying. It's like, man, they will—they are loyal to this guy, and I guess there's something to be said for that. But it's like they will, and Tomlin's the same way, obviously, because they just won't move on from him. He's not good. <laughs> like I just don't understand it. He's been there for a long time. He won a Super Bowl. He was a good quarterback once before. It's hard to. It's great when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's hard to move on from that. Okay, but Packers like, did, and all of a sudden Brett Favre was playing for the Vikings. Okay, but you had Aaron Rodgers, right? No, I yeah, I know Pittsburgh's I, entire the, plan is like some random dudes yeah. that are gonna. What's his name? Landry. That was the uh, AFL. Uh, <laughs> it was the right call by the Packers, and it'd be the right call by this Pittsburgh, but it's hard to do because you mate some kid named Mason. Yeah, Mason, get Mason in there. He'll do fine. Who's yeah. gonna get his head? Beat in by a uh, helmet. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. USC hiring Mike Tomlin is going to be terrific. I cannot wait for that to happen. <laughs> would be amazing. Uh, It'd be amazing. All right. How much would that be played? Oh. According to the internet, Nick Saban makes $9.75 million. That's his just his coaching salary. That doesn't include media appearances or anything like that. Ed Orgeron makes 9.01. For now. Yeah. <laughs> David Shaw makes 8.92 and Dabo makes 8.37. USC could just literally just go 12 million. So, who after you'll be the highest? Belichick even come close to that. Aren't they like four or five million dollar guys? Yeah, there's a lot of four or five million dollar guys in the NFL. Andy Reid, I don't even think, makes eight million, does he? I don't I don't think I'm he on makes it. eight million unless he got an extension. The problem is, is like most NFL head coaching contracts aren't public. Right. Yeah. Right. Like college right. ones are because they're public universities for the most part. Well, but. I don't even think uh I don't even think the Raiders ever made his public. No, they didn't. It was just reported. It was just yeah, they never because Gruden even laughed a couple of times. Oh, right. people say I got ten year a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And it was just reported. Yeah. All right. Um between twenty thirteen and twenty seventeen, he made seven point five. Oh, then he's a, a year or total. Uh, per year, so okay. it's thirty-seven million total. Okay. So he's, thirty-seven point five. Okay. So, so he won the Super Bowl, so he's up there. Yeah, yeah. he's got to be up there. But outside of that, that's probably it. So yeah, Mike Tomlin says another booster with a big enough. I shot. want him to take the job. You might be All right. more. He signed a five-year contract in twenty seventeen. That would be worth. That's worth forty million dollars. Okay, that's eight million a year. Yep. Yeah. So he got a he got a half a million dollar raise. So he's getting paid less than Ed Orgeron. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he behaves quite. <laughs> Do we think Nick Saban shows up to his media obligations? 
Yeah, no, he I does. I think he probably does. Oh, the coach's show? Yeah, yeah, I think he does. Goes there, drives there once. Yeah, oh, no, gets driven show. there. Well, that, that, you're right. He gets, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I take that back. There's no way he's driving himself, but he shows up. He's there all the time. Never missed one. Coming up next, do we believe Kevin Kruger? Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Call the press box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. The community receives the gesture, and I think in Atlanta, as I said before, they've done a great job with the Native Americans. I think the Native American community is the most important group to decide whether it's appropriate or not, and they have been unwaveringly supportive of the race. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Jared, I don't think anybody can understand whatever audio you just played. Because I certainly didn't know what was being said. That would be Rob Manfred being asked, how do, how do Native Americans feel about the Braves? And he literally said, I think the Native Americans love the team, the Braves. Was the person recording that? Did they have the microphone stuffed in their pockets? <laughs> uh, I think, it. I mean, yeah, it was a good audio. It's like a secret recording by the FBI or something like that. They had better recordings of those college basketball coaches in Vegas. Um, all right. So UNLV basketball, Kevin Kruger talked yesterday. He got asked about, hey, two weeks before the season, starting lineup, that's starting to work itself out. And here was his answer. Not really. Honestly, (laughs) not really. (laughs) We'll probably mix it up early. We're looking at the minutes to kind of be what they are. Everybody's going to play. One thing about this roster that we do love, there's a lot of similarities between guys. So the end of the game might be different every game. They play in about two weeks, open the season. Do you believe Kevin Kruger when he says that the starting lineup is not really he he doesn't really have any sort of idea it's not really set? No, you think he's. Got I think set. he knows who if he start. I think he knows if Gardner Webb was tonight. These are the five starting. Now, I absolutely believe that in the end of the game, depending on who's playing well and depending on what the situation is, he might have no clues at the end of the game. And why would you at this point? They played a secret scrimmage on Saturday against Utah Valley. They played a secret. They play a secret scrimmage again this Saturday against Northern Arizona you have to put five guys on the floor to start even yes. the secret scrimmages. So I would have to imagine he has some idea as to who his five starters are. Maybe he's deciding between a spot and maybe he's like, well, in the next two weeks, maybe somebody earns a spot over somebody else. Cause it's still close, but I have to think, he knows who his starting five would be. Yeah. If, if you're starting a game. a game tonight, who you're starting, he knows who he's starting. Does anyone else love the fact that, they're called secret scrimmages, but Tyler knows who they're playing and when they're doing oh, it. Oh, most well, of them, uh, like I know the beat writer San Diego State not only tweets out who they play, he tweets out stats. Yeah, so Jeff Goodman does a story every year where he just lists all the secret scrimmages. Yeah. Because that's, that's, here, that's, call them something okay. else. Here, it's, it's a stupid Close NCAA doors. rule. Yeah, it's a stupid Close NCAA door. rule because the coaches are not allowed to talk about them on the record because you're allowed to play either two like public exhibitions right. or one, one public exhibition and like two secret scrimmages right. or something like so that. So why wouldn't you go with three so that right. you can get your team But ready. if right. you do the secret scrimmages by NCA rule, there can be no fans, there can be no media, there can be no like... Just officials in the team. Right. So the coaches can't officially talk about it. 
But obviously off the record. But they the coaches did. off the record talk about <laughs> yes, it, exactly. and they'll tell you, "Hey, Jimmy this had is who we're playing." And 10. This right. is what the score was after one period. According to my sources, so that's what happens. <laughs> and the other the thing you did, that's good, I think, with the closed doors is you can situate, you can put situations like, okay, for this twenty or for this ten minutes, we're only playing zone, right? Or for this ten minutes, we're only doing this, like right. that. I think those help you a lot more than. You're going to play an exhibition of Thomas and Mack against some team that you, know, you have no business really playing. I can't remember. I think it was one of the Marvin Menzies years. They did something where they played. They played a 40-minute like game, and then they did an extra 20 minutes where right. like each coach would be like, hey, will you run this defense yeah. for us? And so like they played 40 minutes. They played another 20 yeah. minutes. It was like teams are playing a defense they've like never played before, right. but the coaches wanted yeah. to get a look at it or something like so that. So any... News from Utah Valley? I don't actually know. Trey Woodbury's still won. on that team? Yeah. Uh, is he, he is, right? Is he hitting about 10 threes and saying that? Yeah. Trey Woodbury went for hey, 47 hey, in the secret Kruger, scrimmage. You don't know me, but I was with Marv, and uh, <laughs> I, was with Marv. I can shoot the ball a little. I can shoot the ball <laughs> yeah. a little. So on the idea of who's starting, Kevin Kruger says he doesn't know, even though we think he probably knows. I don't have any idea. I well, you know you. probably... I'm gonna say three. Yeah, who are you? Who Marv, are the three? I'm gonna say Brian. Or excuse me, Bryce Hamilton, David Walker, and I'm gonna say you know what? For the first game against Gardner Webb, I might say Marvin Coleman. I don't think David Walker's starting. Okay. What about the other two? Bryce Hamilton's starting. That is the only one I feel confident saying out loud right sure? now. Bryce <laughs> yes. Hamilton will start. Here's the thing: there are three options at point guard: Jordan McCabe, Marvin Coleman, Keyshawn Gilbert. Hot take that. I should probably wait to actually see them play in games to tell you. End of the year, Keyshawn Gilbert's the starting point guard. Okay. There's a, a hot way away. But yeah. game one, I don't know if it's Jordan McCabe or Marvin Coleman. I have literally no idea which one of those two they think is better. Because like the few practices that the media's been to and been allowed to watch, I can't figure out any reasoning to the five they put on the floor for different drills. Like it doesn't appear that there's like a set first team, second team, or whatever. It's always mixed up. <laughs> But, How many have you done? Oh, two? All right, get out there. Yeah. It's the third. So Jordan McKay, Marvin Coleman, I assume one of those guys starts at point guard, but not sure which one. Bryce Hamilton's going to start. Outside of that, I think Michael Nuga's going to be their best player. Michael Nuga. But I'm not even confident he starts game one because he's still coming back from an ACL, and he still had limited practices. So I don't know if he starts. Donovan Williams would be my next best guess. Uh, a lot of good things have been said about Donovan Williams. He looks really good. We'll see if he can shoot, but he looks really good. He'd be a good guess. And then I think I would guess Victor Ewalker starts at center, not David Walker, not Royce Ham. That would be my guess, but I don't feel very comfortable like actually saying that out loud. So Marvin Coleman, Bryce Hamilton, Donovan Williams, Michael Nuga, and Victor Ewalker. That's that's my right. best guess for the starting lineup on day one. I'll definitely stay with Marvin Coleman and Bryce Hamilton. Nobody but after knows. that, Keyshawn Gilbert, that. January starting point guard for this team. <laughs> there's finishing games, there's your hot take. Finishing games. 